theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Hope you are ready to hear the word of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 out of the New Living Translation. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Praise God. And by the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach this message to you today. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Let's go ahead and uh, let's pray. Father, we love you. We bless you. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you worship. We give you thanks, Jesus. There is none like you. I pray that you would anoint me with the type of anointing that makes ministry effective. Help me to preach and teach your word with relevancy and with accuracy. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give you praise. Amen. Amen. Don't stop. Don't quit. We're going to keep on moving forward in Jesus name. I feel like the Lord has me on assignment. I was torn last night as I was perusing my thoughts and just talking with the Lord. And I was actually sharing with my daughter what I was feeling led to preach. And and then actually shortly after that conversation, uh, I felt a little bit more clarity. As a matter of fact, I even had uh, an uh, an unrelated conversation with Pastor Barry that I felt like perhaps gave me a little bit more clarity with what the Lord would have me to share with you this afternoon. And so I want to tell you right now, I feel like I'm reaching for somebody. I feel like the Lord is trying to help somebody this afternoon, somebody who perhaps is about to stop short of something that God intends for you to pursue. I want you to understand sometimes I don't know obviously unless you've told me I don't know your specific situation but I feel like this scripture today and hopefully the message is not only going to encourage you but it's going to give you a shot of faith. It's going to build you up in the sense that you understand that you can have a biblical hope that you can increase. You can have a biblical hope that you can uh, expound upon, if you will. You can have a confidence in God that he who began a good work is faithful to complete it in you. Praise God. Today, I'm talking about those that are on the precipice of stopping short of a promise that God wants you to receive. What am I telling you? You need to persevere. You and I need to persevere. God can make you a promise that you never possess if you never learn how to persevere. It's the truth. That's the truth in relationships. It's true in churches. And that's certainly true in our spiritual growth, business, ministry, whatever the case may be. So what am I trying to do? I'm trying to speak to someone who knows in your heart you have stopped short. Or you're on the verge of stopping short of something that God has put inside of you. Something that he has spoke to you. Something that may have faded, but it's still echoing in your heart. I feel like if we could just join with the three Hebrew boys today, and we may burn, we may be laughed at, but we will not quit. We may be thrown down, we may be forgotten by all those who see, but we will not quit. 
Some may think us to be crazy. Some may think our sacrifice to be foolish. Let them think that, but we still will not quit. We did not pick these times. We were picked for these times. Before we were born, God raised us up for this generation. So we need to understand this is our day. We haven't come to fear it. We've come to shape it. We haven't come to run away from it. We've come to run to it. Now is not the time to give up. Now is not the time to throw in the towel. Now is the time to pray more than ever. Now is the time to fast more than ever. Now is the time to love more than ever. Now is the time to worship more than ever don't stop don't quit believe God is going to come through and do what he said he would do praise God sometimes we have to I'm all uh, you all know if you know uh, me a little bit you know I'm a faith guy I believe this I want to talk to people who are for me. There's a difference. You've heard me say this. This is not original with me, but uh, T.D. Jake said this. He said something to the effect, and I don't mean to butcher it, so uh, by the time I get done with it, you might not even want to say he said it, but he said something to the effect of, uh, you know what? Uh, there are three types of people in this world. There are those that are for what you are for. There are those that are against what you are against. And then there's some that are for you. There are a few people in your life that will be for you. And I'm all about, you know, I love hanging and connecting with people that I believe are genuinely for me. I also love to connect with people that I'm, I'm, I'm with them on the same page. Rarely do I define myself by what I am not. But I feel like in this instance, I want to take a moment and just frame some things. And let me tell you who we are not. We are talking about Extraordinary Church because this is in harmony with the book of Hebrews. If you read it, let me tell you what we are not. We are not like those Israelites of old who gave up at the sight of the promised land. We are not parties with those men who saw the obstacles and turned back. Those timid, tremulous men are not our company. Those languid, lean, and light ambassadors of doom have absolutely no part with us. Shy, sheepish, and uh, shameful souls who refuse to step forward. No, that is not who Extraordinary Church is. Let me tell you who Extraordinary Church is. We are not of the 22,000 of Gideon's men who said we are afraid and turned back. But we are the mighty 300 who will march with the wind blowing in the tops of the trees saying not by might, not by power, but by the spirit of the Lord. We will not quit. We will have revival. Can I just encourage you? If you've been fasting and you've been wondering when is the breakthrough going to happen, don't stop fasting because you're closer than you think you are. Your breakthrough is right around the corner. I'm telling you now is not the time to give up. You have to get this in your spirit. Now is not the time to turn back. I'm telling you now is the time to keep pressing on in him those Israelites in the wilderness did not turn back when Pharaoh's army attacked they did not turn back when the soles of their feet burned because of the hot desert nor when they went without water nor when they when trouble came to Sinai they turned back not at the beginning of their journey are you hearing me but they decided to turn back at the end while gazing over Jordan into the promised land so close Yet so far, they failed to make the crossing. Our time, extraordinary church's time, has come to cross over. 
A previous generation crossed the Red Sea and came out of Egypt. But there was not a generation to finish the trip to make the second crossing. Solomon said this, and I've preached this before, so you all have heard me say this, but he said, two of the toughest things for man, exits and entrances. We don't know how to go out, and we don't know how to come in. Some people are good at leaving, and few are good at arriving. We make the first crossing of come out from among them and be ye separate. We fail to make the second crossing, and I will receive you and be a father unto you. We make the first crossing, weeping endures for a night, but we fail to make the second crossing, joy comes in the morning. We make the first crossing, they that sow in tears, but we fail to make the second crossing, shall reap in joy. Our time has come to cross over. Praise God. I'm trying to encourage someone today. I'm telling you your time has come. Your time has come to cross over into the promised land. Your time has come to press into revival. Your time has come to see your breakthrough. Your time has come. You worked too hard. You prayed too much. You shed too many tears. You fasted too many times. You denied yourself. You are right there. Now is not the time to give up. Now's not the time to give in. You've come too far. You've come too far to give up now. Our time has come. Praise God. Our possessions are on the other side. <laughs> Our possessions are on the other side. Our joy is on the other side. That revival is on the other side. The wholeness of your family is on the other side. Your healing is on the other side. Your peace is on the other side. Your victory is on the other side. Your deliverance is on the other side. Your promise is on the other side. Can't you see it? It's clearer than it's ever been before. Don't be discouraged. Seize the day. Seize your miracle. Go ahead and get the gumption to keep pressing on in this hour. Praise God. Quit waiting for them to come back to you. In another place in Hebrews, the writer says, let us go on. Let us go on. We don't need to lay the foundation again. We still believe in faith. We still believe in repentance. We believe in baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection and judgment. He lays all this, but let us go on from there. Let us make the crossing and lay a hold of our possessions. See, when you read the book of Hebrews, if you'll let it frame it for you accordingly, you'll see a few things that leap out at you right away. The warning to the first generation in Hebrews 2, 1 through 4. I'm not going to read them. I'm just citing them for those who want to take notes and be studious, even if you're going to come back and listen to this again. The first warning to the first generation was don't drift with the tide. Don't drift with the tide. Can I tell you, you have to be careful when we drift from our mission. Everything we do here at Extraordinary Church is so that ordinary people can experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. The moment we drift from our mission, this is why that has to be the heartbeat of everything that we do. If it's not the heartbeat of everything that we do, then we'll find ourselves drifting from our core values. We are here for others. I'm going to say that again. We are here for others. In other words, we will not be spiritual consumers. We will be contributors. 
praise God. It's coming. We're working on opportunities so that we can contribute more than ever in this season because it is the will of God that we be contributors. People will see the glory of God through our generosity and our service and our acts of selflessness. This is why we have strategic acts of kindness in your made for more to get the attention off of you and to put it on others. This is why we are here. Don't drift with the selfishness. Don't drift with the self-absorption. Don't drift in the ways of carnal thinking, but understand your mission and your purpose is to seek and to save that which is lost. The second thing in Hebrews 3, 12 through 14, second warning is don't depart from what has been revealed. Don't depart from what has been revealed. You ever had a moment where you've seen something? Can I tell you, I've, I, I was thinking about this and I thought to myself, Lord, I see things. I see them and I'm not going to depart from them. The visions that you've given me, the promises that you've given me, the prophecies that you've given me, I will not depart from those things. The revelation of the mighty God in Christ, I will not depart from these things. We will not depart from the vision that God has given us. I'm telling you and I'm declaring and believing this year we will see 50 people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and we will see 50 people baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to depart from what I'm declaring in the name of Jesus. It is the will of God that we do everything except sin to see people know Jesus Christ. So if we can do it, you best believe we'll do it so that I can see people come to repentance, come to an understanding of how benevolent and loving a God is that we serve in Jesus Christ. We will not depart from what's revealed. Can I tell you if God's given you a vision, don't depart from that vision. Stay coarse. Let your face be like a flint and pursue him with all that you have. But whatever you do, don't depart from the vision that God has given you. The third thing is, don't be disobedient to that heavenly vision. Hebrews 4.11. You can take time and read these when you have a moment. But can I tell you, you know what, you know what some of us, the, our problem is, and I'm, I'm preaching it myself. I'm preaching to myself. Y'all might, you might want to get ready because I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Praise God. Can I step on somebody's toes virtually? Praise God. I'm just going to come and get them. Ooh, ooh. But you know what? The problem is this. We're disobedient. God has given us the map and the vision, but we can't be in alignment walking in disobedience. We have to be obedient unto what the Lord has called us to do. And that might be difficult, but can I just, uh, let me just help you right now. See, I'm going to help somebody. I'm preaching to myself, boy. I'm preaching to myself. I'm, I'm preaching to myself. Let me help you understand this. See, oftentimes we get consumed with trying to create the results. But we're not in the result-oriented business. God is. What God called us to do is obey. The results are up to him. That's how you get in alignment. Can I tell you, don't disobey. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody right now. Don't disobey just because things don't look like the promise right now. Don't get mad at me. Don't disobey 
and get an attitude with God because things don't look like you want them to look right now. Don't disobey because so-and-so said this or because your bank account says this. I'm trying to encourage you. Be obedient to the heavenly vision that God has given you. Be obedient to that heavenly call. He will not lead you asunder. He will not lead you astray. He will lead you in the path of his righteousness for his name's sake. Praise God. The fourth thing is, he says to this fourth, fourth generation, don't, oh, don't be dry wells and be filled with apostasy. Hebrews 5, 11, through the early portions of chapter 6. Can I tell you, if there's ever been a day where we need to be full of his spirit, it's now. If there's ever been a day where we need the, well, the rivers of living water flowing through us, cleansing us, this is just, we're just vessels, we're just a conduit where the river can flow, it's today. We don't need dry, boring experiences. This is why I'm trying to encourage those right now, even when you're at home, you stand in worship, you fall on your knees and you lift your hands and you give God praise, you respond to the preaching. What you're doing is creating an atmosphere for the waters to flow, for the rivers of living water to flow. Don't be dry wells. And then the last generation, here's what he says, don't draw back, don't shrink back, don't quit. Can I tell you, now is not the time. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't stop. You got to tell yourself, don't quit. Don't stop. There's, I, I told my wife, I was telling her this. Every, I, I run, I, 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 I've now since stepped up my workouts um, to probably about an hour and a half each day in the morning. Uh, so I don't, I don't run on Saturdays. Every time I run, very few occasions, very few. I ran early this week. It was like 18 degrees. You know, I'm, I'm an American, so I don't know what that is. Celsius, you all have figured that out. But every day I tell her when I'm running, my body's telling me to stop. Every step, it's like you can quit. At no point, rarely when I'm running, am I like, oh yeah, I'm getting this. This is, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so cold. And it's so difficult to breathe. If I can, I'll stop. I'll stop at a third of a mile or I'll stop at one mile or I'll stop at two. My body is screaming stop. But can I tell you, I don't listen to my body. I'm trying to tell you right now, don't listen to your carnal mind. I have determined that I'm going to get my carnal mind, my flesh under subjection to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Now is not the time to quit. Don't listen to the voice of the enemy either. If he's telling you you made a mistake and God will never use you again, and you need to give up. The devil is a liar and the father of lies. He can't tell the truth. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't quit. Perspective is everything. I need to hurry. Praise God, because I have a few things I want to get in your spirit. Let's look at Judges chapter 6, verse 1. Judges chapter 6, Verse 1, I'm going to read this to you out of the NLT. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priest blowing the horns. 
When you hear the priest give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can, then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. Now, first of all, what I want you to notice is only God can speak in the past tense about a battle you haven't even fought yet. <laughs> did, you, did, did you catch that? I, I, I don't know if you, if you caught that. Oh, mercy. Look, that's how strong God is. That's how big God is. That's how confident he is in his own ability. We haven't even started the first round yet, but I've given it to you is what he's saying. He lives outside of time. He's not bound by time, okay? He's not stressed out about what you're stressed out about. He's not worried about the economic collapse. He's not stressed out about COVID-19. He's not thinking, how am I going to figure all this out? He is on the throne and he is God all by himself. He is victorious. And when you allow his purpose to prevail in your life, you too will be victorious, now look at this. Now look, I just, I just want you to see this here. I want to show you something. Let's go back to verse one. The reason why I want you to see this is because perspective is everything. How you look at something is, I used to be that guy. I used to be that guy and God is still kind of pulling up a little bit of this and a little bit of that out of me. But the, my default would be to be a negative Nancy. But now that's why one of my declarations is, God, I will choose to believe and see the best in others. Even when people come to me and say so, I'm like, you ain't got time for that. <laughs> I've gotten to the point now, I told my wife, I was, I'm just shutting it down. I'm just, you can stop. You can stop. But let me tell you, I used to be that guy, look through the window and I, I would see all the stains on the window as opposed to the sun shining through. But God is helping me understand perspective and how important your perspective is. See, your perspective is in alignment. You got to get your mind in alignment with his word. I refuse, Isabella, to be one of the spies who had a negative report. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Not here. Not here at Extraordinary Church. I'm going to be a Joshua or I'm a Joshua generation. I declare the report of the Lord and the victory. I feel victory in the house. But let me tell you how important, let me tell you how important perspective is. Look at verse one. Now the gates of Jericho were closed. Is that what it says? No, it says were tightly shut. Tightly shut. Because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. It was tight. Now, Jericho wasn't a massive city. As a matter of fact, you could walk around it relatively quickly. As a matter of fact, some commentaries will tell you that you could casually make that walk around the entire city in perhaps a couple of hours. The thing about Jericho was its walls were stupid high. Now we'll look at verse two. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its kings and all its strong warriors. <laughs> Let's go back to verse one because y'all are yeah, not responding. 
Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. Do you understand that reality? Okay, let's look at verse two. But, but the Lord said to Joshua, I've given you Jericho. It's kings and all its strong warriors. <laughs> Praise God. That's okay. Y'all can sit on me if you want to. That's all right. That's all right. Praise God. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. What am I trying to get you to understand? You have got to see this, okay? The walls are locked up. Have you ever felt like what you see in your life doesn't match up with what God has said in your heart? Maybe it's just me. Okay, praise God. Have you ever felt like God is speaking to you about victory, but you feel defeated? Have you ever felt like God was speaking to you about healing, but inside you felt broken? Have you ever felt like God was speaking to you to tell somebody about him, but inside you have your own doubts and you're wondering, God, is all this even real? I'm just wondering, have you ever felt like what God has said doesn't match up with what you see? Have you ever had God instructing you in your heart to give something away? Meanwhile, you need that your very self. Have you ever heard God telling you, man, you need to start tithing. You need to start giving and putting me first. Meanwhile, you're struggling to make ends meet. What am I saying? I'm just asking, have you ever had a season in your life where your revelation didn't match your reality? That's the situation for Joshua. And his perspective is blocked. Why? By these walls. Can I tell you, you need to stop walking by sight. And walk by faith. You walk according to the realities of the word of God. I know the walls are high. I know the walls of doubt are high. I know the walls of depression are high. I know the walls of the naysayers are high. I know the walls of the improbability might be high. But God said, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. God said, if I'm for you, the whole world can be against you and we will win. I'm telling you, if God gave you a promise, you better cling fast, plant your feet and know that it will come to pass in spite of what you see praise God I can remember see this is so let me just say this this let me read this first well no I'm not but let's get Joshua 6 and 8 ready let's just get it ready Uh, when I first started working out uh, and I hate to use this as an analogy but it's been such a great learning tool for me also spiritually Uh, I can remember when I first uh, endeavored to work out. And I was talking to a couple of buddies of mine and one of them, Ryan's part of the EC fam and he's a football player in high school and he used to work on here. I was like, man, I want to work out. He's like, you know what, man, I need to kind of get back into it. He showed me some pictures. I was like, what? I said, was that you back in the day? I said, he said, yeah, man, I got, I got to tighten up too. I said, okay. Well, I said, let's do it together. And the first thing you know, I, I was telling him what I wanted. I wanted to walk around. You know, I said, I just want this to be swole up top. Just, you know, he was like, well, uh, you know, we have to, we got to work on, you know, we have to do core and leg day. I was like, man, I don't care nothing about no leg day. I was like, and abs and crunches. I was like, ain't nobody trying to do all that. I said, I just want to do the, the, the bench. I said, can I, can I, can I do the bench first every day? He was like, no, no, you have to work, you have to work on the core. You have to work on your legs and actuality, you know, legs is, and your core are really important to working out. It took me a while 
to figure that out. It took me a while to figure out just how important your core is. It took me a while to kind of figure out the science of what's going to work well for me. But in the beginning, I remember uh, he would tell me this. Here's what he would tell me. He would hound me all the time. Uh, take a picture of yourself. Take a picture every day. Take a picture every day. And I can remember sometimes I get up. You know, when we first started working out, I was early. Because we were going like 5.30 in the morning. I was early. A couple weeks in, 5.45. A few weeks later, I'm showing up a few minutes after 6. I'm like, oh, I don't want to work out. He was like, did you take pictures of yourself? Did you take pictures of yourself? I'm like, no, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't take pictures of myself. What was he trying to get me to understand? That sometimes you have to be able to go back and see the progress you're making so that you won't quit on your journey. Okay, I'm trying to help you because the Lord told Joshua, you got to march around this city, okay? And so here I am working out and I'm thinking, I don't see no progress. Finally, you know what? This last second, I said, I'm going hard. I'm going hard. I'm, a, I'm just going to do this on my own. The gyms is closed. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm tired of this. So you know what I did? I took a picture of myself. I went so hard so every day. Sarah would tell you, the kids would tell you, I was, going, I, was, I was killing myself. Just boom, I'm still going hard. I went, finally, I did a side by side. I couldn't stop showing. I was like, Mia, look at this. I was, like, I was like, babe, do you see this? Look at this side by side. I was like, can you believe the difference? Can you, you know what it was? It's progress. Can I tell you, sometimes we give up because we don't realize the progress we're making. I'm telling you right now, he told him, march around the city. Now, let me tell you what's great. Now, y'all, y'all can get mad at me, but I, I just, I, I've written some things I don't want to make sure you, this is why you got to get this. So look, uh, what's, oh, let's read it. That, there we go. Look, look at this. After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horns started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. Some of the armed men marched in front of the priest with the horns and some behind the ark, with the priest continually blowing the horns. Do not shout, do not even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout, then shout. So the ark of the Lord was carried away, excuse me, was carried around the town once that day. And then everyone returned to spend the night in the camp. Now, <laughs> here's what I want you to understand right away. One of the reasons, I want you to think about this. Now, did you notice that he told them, don't open your mouth? Go back to that verse. Was that nine? He said, don't open your mouth. Do not shout. Do not even talk. Okay? He said, not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. You know why? You know why? Because 40 years earlier, it was those spies that said about their situation that kept them from receiving God's promise. And he knew when it comes to receiving God's promise, your mouth is often your own worst enemy. If you're not careful, this is why your thoughts, your thoughts oftentimes can be your worst enemy. You've got to talk to people. Yes. You've got to get advice. I know that. You've got to express how you feel. I get that. But sometimes the best strategy is to shut up and march. Sometimes the best strategy, even though I don't want to do it, shut up, go run. 
I was at, Sarah, we, you know what? I got up one day, it was this week, or it might have been late last week. Uh, it, it was so cold, I was like, oh my God. I was delaying, hopefully it would get warm. It never got any warmer. You know what I had to do? At nighttime, I was like, what am I saying? Shut up and run. Shut up and run. At some point, you got to stop talking to yourself. I know it's cold outside. I know it's not comfortable. I know it might not be everything in an ideal situation, but you just shut up and run. You shut up and march. I know there might be pain in your body, but you shut up... I know your marriage might not be where you want it to be. I know you might not have all the money in the bank. I know things might be tight at home. I know they might be giving you Hades on the job, but shut up and march nonetheless. Why? Because when you begin to declare a negative thing, that thing will become attached to you. But if you'll speak faith and get in alignment with what God has for you, it will come to pass. That's what we need to do. Can I tell you, you're too close right now to entertain giving up. You're too close right now to exercise something negative. Don't do that. Hang on to what's happening. Another thing I've got to tell you, I got to, I got to hurry. But when you think about this, I, <laughs> well, let me just move on because I, 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 got, I got like a few more pages of notes that I got to get in your spirit. So, Quitting is not an option. Quitting is not an option. Now, the Lord told Joshua, he said, hey, look, you, you, I'm, I'm going to give you all this. But he didn't tell the people that, which is interesting. Sometimes this, the one thing that I want you to understand, and I'm not, it just hit me. Think of how submitted the people had to be to Joshua. Because the Lord told Joshua on the seventh day, you're going to shout. He just told him, you know what Joshua told him? Don't say a word till I tell you to shout. Let's march. So can you imagine? Day one. Okay, day two. Well, when are we going to do something? Day three. Surely this, you got a better strategy than this. Is what they're thinking. And you know what? But they trusted they trusted the man of God and what God was doing was supernatural. Now is not the time to quit. You're made for more. You are made for more than this. Now is not the time to quit. As a matter of fact, quitting for extraordinary church is not an option. Praise God. We are not people who will turn back. We don't go back and we don't quit. Lucifer was eternity's first quitter the quintessential loser, if you will. Ever since he was labeled with the big L, he's been trying to put that saddle on everybody else, but God hasn't called you to quit. God hasn't called you to quit. Can I tell you, the enemy is standing here at the precipice with us at every crossing, giving you every easy alternative. If, if, if turning the world upside down were easy, if winning your neighbor was easy, if having the perfect godly marriage, which frankly will never be attainable, but if having an extraordinary marriage was easy, none of these things are easy. He lurks beside every open effectual door and fights you for making the crossing. Can I tell you, some men die by shrapnel, some go in flames, but most men perish inch by inch. It's David saying, don't let that giant paralyze you. 
I'm not joining those covering or cowering in fear in the quitting tent. I'll run to that giant. I will exalt the God who can bring me from the minor leagues of lions and bears into the major leagues with the giants. I will face him down. Come out of that quitting tent in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, let God arise and let your enemies be scattered. We will not quit. This is our time. This is our day. An unprecedented supernatural revival is coming our way. We will not close the doors. We will see apostolic revival. We will see the miraculous happen. We will see God be glorified. We will see revival in this land. If you believe it, give him praise. Come on and give him praise. Praise God. Princess, why don't you come? Praise God. I'm just going to start having you stay up here. Praise God. I don't even know. I'm sorry about that. But yeah, yeah, I want you to come on up. Praise God. I just maybe next Sunday. Well, next Sunday, maybe you won't go down. Praise God. You said to stay. Next Sunday, we'll have Josh Resar with us. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a blessing. My Bible says that I'm to follow in the footsteps of the finisher, not the quitter. What God started on one day of creation, he finished. He's not only the alpha, he's omega. He's not only the beginning, he's the ending. Call him author if you like, but never fail to call him finisher. It is the motif of God. He moves from evening to morning. The evening and the morning were the first day. He starts in darkness and pushes creation toward the light. He takes, us, he takes us while we are yet in sin and brings us into his image. We were born once a quitter, born into sin and shapen in iniquity. We were born twice a finisher. What God starts, he finishes. Quitting is not an option. But preacher, there are mountains. Yeah, we got plenty of mountain spotters. We got few mountain climbers. My Bible says that as our days are, so shall our strength be. And if we face a mountain, guess what? We strap up our boots and we get to climbing. It may be rough. It may be the rough side of the mountain, but we'll keep climbing. As a matter of fact, that's the only way we can climb it to begin with. And soon we'll skip across the hills and valleys of the promised land with hinds feet. I was not made to quit. I was made to finish. You were not made to quit. You were made to finish. Praise God. Paul said, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. You could have quit, Paul. You were beaten, stoned, and left for dead. You were stranded in the deep, abandoned by your friends. But Paul said, we don't quit. The rest of the band can come on. Quitting is no option. If you're going to quit something, the Holy Ghost would say, quit quitting. If you're going to quit anything, quit quitting. The righteous man falls seven times, but he's gonna get back up. Rejoice not against me, O my enemies. I may have fallen, 
but I'm getting up. An old preacher once passed along a message to a young preacher named Archippus. Colossians 4, 16, 17 out of the TEV. After you read this letter, make sure that it is read also in the church at Laodicea. At the same time, you are to read the letter that the brothers in Laodicea will send you. And tell Archippus, be sure to finish the task you were given in the Lord's service. Finish what God has started. Finish. You started well. What has hindered you? Finish. Some of you right now are thinking, Pastor, I've been, I've been thinking, I've been thinking about getting baptized. Stop thinking about being baptized and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Don't stop. Don't back up. Push through. Push through. There'll never be a convenient time. Oh, I'll wait till COVID's over. Let me just help you. COVID ain't going anywhere. Push through. Finish what God has started. There's so many theories about Archippus, and I'm sure I am not pronouncing his name correctly, but I'll leave that up to you theologians and let you pronounce it the way you But what's curious is the connection with Archippus and Laodicea. Some believe this man was the messenger, the angel of the self-complacent saints of Laodicea. In other words, Archippus, don't settle down. Finish. 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 Jesus is not a quitter. As a matter of fact, at the conclusion, what did he say? It is finished. Praise God. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.